Well, we're in this series, Questions That I'd Like to Ask God. And all of us have questions that we would like to ask God. Is that not correct? Do you ever have questions you're like, man, I'd really like to understand why? Or, boy, if I could talk with God right now, like right across the table, here's something that I would ask him. And in the very first week, we got into that. How do we know God's will for our life? And we talked about that. If you've not, uh, if you weren't able to be here two weeks ago, I would really, really, really encourage you. Uh, you can go back and watch that. Uh, it would still be available on our social media platforms. You can check it out there other churches website. And I hope that you'll do that if you've got questions about how can I really, really know God's will for my life. And then last week, we took time to talk about, uh, you know, if there's a question that we could ask God, maybe the question would be like, God, what are you really like? What are you really like? And we just went through the scripture, some of the great characteristics of who God is, what the Bible says about him, which is his own word. And, and so if you miss that one, same thing. Now, today, a new question. And some of you have probably, if you've had uh, an opportunity to say like, man, here's one I'd really like to ask God. Here's one that probably affects us all. And that would be, why hasn't God answered my prayer? Have you ever felt that way? Why hasn't God answered my prayer? That's a big, big question. And so I want us to talk about that today because that's really important because for all of us in this room, all of us that are watching online, probably at some point in our life already, uh, we've asked that question, God, what, why haven't you answered my prayer? Or uh, chances are highly probable at some point in the future, uh, you may reach a season in your life where you're like, God, I've been praying and it just seems to me the best that I can tell you're not answering my prayer. So what I'm trying to say is this. If you've ever wondered that, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Then you've come at a good time because we're going to go back into the scriptures because that's our authority and, and guide in life. In the scripture, we looked at this. Your word is lamp into my feet and light into my path. And so we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit here today. But if you've ever felt that way, let me just say that you are not alone. I want you to look at the very first verse and uh, get ready ready to take some notes. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today. This is Job. And he says in chapter 30 and verse 20, the A part, he said, I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. Now let's be honest. And it's maybe not even now, but at some point in your life, if you have ever felt that way, would you just be honest and wave at me like this? I cried out to God and God, it just seemed that you did not answer my prayer. And uh, we've all felt that way at some point. And uh, people have been asking that uh, since uh, Job's time until now. We'll continue to ask that question. Now, what I want to say to you, and hear me out, and again, whether you're writing notes or you're using your tablet, uh, whether you're taking notes here or watching online, um, I, I want to give you some things for you to think about uh, this morning in regards to that question, why hasn't God answered my prayer? And what God actually does is God does answer our prayers. Sometimes we don't hear it and discern it. That's a whole nother talk because we get so busy and sometimes we're not listening to God or we don't hear God. But the fact of the matter is uh, God always answers prayer. Now, let me just say this, add this caveat. God does not always answer our prayers the way that we want God to answer our prayers. Now, there's a lot of times 
where God says yes. It's, it's the right time. It's the right thing. It's part of God's purpose and plan for our life. And God just immediately says, yes, you're praying, you're asking that, and my answer to your prayer is yes. So that is one of the ways that God responds sometimes to our prayers. There's other times when God, when we pray about something and God doesn't say yes, what God simply says is wait. And how many of you do not like to wait for anything? And uh, you're like, I don't, I don't want to wait at the grocery store, much less wait when I've got a big question concerning some segment of my life. But the answer when God says wait is generally speaking, uh, not a no, it's more like this. It's more a slow. It's, it's not like God is saying it's wrong or my answer is no and always going to be no. God is like say, saying to us, it's the right thing but it's not necessarily the right time. And if you'll trust me, I'll walk you through that. So sometimes God, all, well, God always answers prayer. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a wait, but here's the ones that none of us like to be on the receiving end of, and that is when God says to our prayer, no. And we're gonna talk about why God says no, but uh, to be quite honest, that is the most perplexing, one of the most perplexing, perplexing things that a Christian will ever have to deal with is when God says no. Does he answer? Sure he does. In fact, look at this next verse right up here on the screen. Jeremiah said later, beyond Job, call to me. This is God. Call to me and I will answer you. So God will answer. Sometimes, as I mentioned, it's a yes. Sometimes it's a wait. Sometimes it's a no. What are the reasons why God will sometimes say no. He answers, it's a no. I want to give you three reasons why God says no, and I want you to be sure you write these down. You be sure you get them down, even if you don't need them now, you may need them later, or you may be able to help a friend or somebody at work or somebody in your own family. Why does God say no? Generally speaking, there are three reasons. Number one, and I mentioned this a couple of times, sometimes God says no because he has a, let's call it a boundless perspective. God says no, because God has a boundless perspective. And you're like, all right, Jeff, help me with that. What I'm essentially saying to you in that regard is God sees things that are absolutely an utter impossibility for you or I to be able to see. See, there's nothing that God doesn't see because God is God and, and we're not God, obviously. You and I on this side of the equation, we have a limited perspective. We can't see everything. You don't even know what's going to happen. Every, you know, may know uh, some of what's going to happen next week at work or school, but you don't know everything that has happened. Why? Because you're not God and I'm not God. And how many of you are glad that I'm not God? Yeah, you ought to be. That, that, you ought to be. Uh, and I'm glad that you're not God, but because God is God, he's able to see into the future. He sees into the future. He's able to predict the future because he knows the future. The future is in his hands, actually. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. Look at this verse up on the screen. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Look at this phrase. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. In other words, there's nothing God cannot see. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So God is able to see everything. You and I don't know the future. Would you agree with that? Wave at me if you would agree with that. You and I can't see the future. You and I cannot predict the future. We can't control the future. We cannot uh, do that. 
it's impossible for you and I to see all of the eventual consequences of the current choices that we can make in our life. And because God does see the future, because as we just saw in Hebrews, everything is laid bare before his eyes, because God can see the future, sometimes the most loving reply that God has for us, the one, again, that can see all things down the road, sometimes the most loving response that he can give to us is a no, is a no, because he sees down the road. Look at Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 8. I love this verse. Be sure you get it in your notes. It's a really, really important one. God guards the paths of the just, and he protects those who are faithful to him. Now, see, a lot of times, leave that up there, if you will, guys. See, a lot of times we think that, oh, yeah, God says no because he's just trying to be grim or he's trying to punish us. Listen, when God says no, he's not being grim or trying to punish us. He's actually guarding us and protecting us from something that you and I can't actually see. God is saying no, not because he's trying to be unkind. He's actually saying no because he's guarding us from something that decision would lead to. He's protecting us from something that you and I have the inability to be able to see. See, God has a boundless perspective. He can see all things. He sees down the road. He knows the future in its entirety. And because God does have that ability, there are times in our life, even when it doesn't make sense to us, where God is going to say no. So first of all, sometimes God says no because he has a boundless perspective. Here's the second reason. Be sure you get it. A second reason why God sometimes says no is because God actually has a better plan. Now, I know that whenever you and I have a plan, we think it's a better plan. We think it's the best plan. And why do we think that way? Because it's our plan. And uh, the reality is God has a much better plan. It could be that God is not stating, and this is important for you to hear, it's not that God is stating an emphatic no, it's just that God is saying, I'm going to meet that need that you're asking me about, but I actually am going to meet it in a different way because my way is a higher way and my way is a better way. And uh, let me show you a couple of verses. I could take you to some other places, but I want you to see this in Isaiah chapter 55. This is what God is saying. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, look at this now, so my ways are higher. Would you say those four words with me, everybody, even at home, if you're watching at home, say this with me, my ways are higher. One more time, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher. Let's say that together. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So God is saying, here's what I want you to know, that my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I think keeping that up, again, guys, for just a moment, thank you for doing that, is notice that God is saying ways, not way. Uh, He's using plural form. This is not singular, my way. He's saying my ways and my thoughts, not thought. It's not singular, my thoughts. And what God is saying to us there is, I have more than one way of meeting your needs. Have you considered that, that you have a loving heavenly father, and we talked about that last week, who has more more than one way of meeting the needs that you have in your life. Maybe right now you're going through a time in your life where you have a financial need, and you're like, 
you know, I'm talking to God about it, and it seems the reasonable way for God to respond to this is according to my plan, is according to my plan. And, and you know what, friends? Your plan may actually be a good plan, but I want to assure you, and this ought to give you hope and confidence, even though you've got a good plan, I can promise you God's got a better plan because he's God, and he sees all things, and he knows all things, and there's nothing that he cannot do. And he is a God that has a better plan, not just a boundless perspective, but he's got a better plan. And so we may feel like the financial need that we have in our life, there, there's one and only way to meet that. But you know what? When you're God, there's a lot of different ways. And God may end up meeting that financial need that you have in, in your life in, in a way that you never even could have dreamed about. And again, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, he's able to do that because he's God. Well, you may have a physical need in your life. And uh, God has different ways of, of responding to that. God's able, and you're like, this seems to be the only way. This is the only way that made sense to me. Or you have an emotional need, and, and God, I feel like I've got a good plan for that. Or you have a relational need, and you're like, God, I think you ought to do it this way. And it involves this person, and this is the way it ought to unfold. Or there's a need in your life that you have concerning your vocation, or your job, or your career. And like, here's my plan. And all I'm saying to you, there are going to be times when God God is not going to give this emphatic no. What he simply wanted you and I to know is that he's got a better plan than the plan that you and I already had in place. He's able to do that. See, when you're God, and obviously you're not, and I'm glad of that, and I'm not, and you're glad of that, but when you're God, you've got options. When you're God, you have alternatives you have no restrictions. You have no limitations. See, the Bible says in this word, I'm going to give you a word that anytime you see it, some of you know it already, but some of you are like, okay, I've seen that word, but I'm not quite sure what it is. God is all knowing. And sometimes you'll see a word, and this is not in the Bible, but it's a word that's been giving, uh, given to describe a characteristic of God. And that is that God is all knowing. And the word there would be that God is omniscient. He knows all things, but it doesn't stop just that he knows all things. The reality is he is also, here's a second word, he's omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. So God not only has this boundless perspective, he's all knowing, he can see everything now and in the future, but he is all powerful and that gives him, because there's no limitations or restrictions with God, he's got a lot of different options and he's got a lot of different means and he's got a lot of different ways to be able to meet the need in your life. So God is not held captive by this being the only way that he can meet your needs. And here's the beauty about God. It's loving Heavenly Father that cares for you in ways that you can't even imagine. Can I just tell you today, you cannot even begin to understand the love that God has for you. You can't. You can try your best, and you can say, you know, if I were to ask you, what do you love? You'd be like, I love my family. I love this. I love my job. And some of you are saying, I wish I loved my job. And uh, like, I love, and, and you think of the, what you love most in your life, and, and you just think that maybe that's somehow like the love of God, and the love of God is so beyond that. His ways are higher than our ways. His ways are better than our ways. Let's go back. Uh, for a moment, Hebrews, uh, again, this time chapter 11, look at this, two great verses. These were all, and it's talking about like these uh, great uh, people of faith in the Bible uh, out of the Old Testament. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says. These were all commended for their faith. They're not like the hall of faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. You're like, well, why not? 
They're like really good people. And it's saying, here's the reason why. God had planned something better. God had planned. I, I want you to hear this. If you hear nothing else that I'm going to say today, if you hear nothing else that I'm going to say today, I want you to hear this. Whatever you have planned for your own life, God has planned something better. I would have thought your response would have been better than that. Do you need more coffee in here? More coffee. Bring it into the building. Let me say that again. No matter what your plan is for your life, the plan that God has for your life is far better than the one that you have. It is. It's a better plan. And sometimes God says no because he's just got a better plan. So firstly, we said, I told you I'm going to give you three reasons. God says no because he has a balanced perspective. He can see decisions that we make today are going to bring negative consequences down the road. So he has a balanced perspective. Secondly, he has a better plan. His plan for our life is better than the one that we've even drawn up. And then thirdly, God has a greater purpose. He's got a greater purpose. Did you know that everything God does in your life, he has a purpose for it? Everything God has and does in your life, he's got a purpose for it. Now, I, I want to help you. How many of you just say, uh, hey, Jeff, I really want to grow in my relationship with God? I know it sounds like a loaded question, and just wave at me like this. How many of you would say, I want to become a more cr a mature Christian than what I am right now? Just wave at me like that. I think that's the desire that all of us have. And, and let, me, let me help you with that if that's really where you're at and where you really want to go. If you're like, I want to be, be a stronger Christian, I want to be a better Christian, I want to be a grower, growing Christian. I want to be a mature Christian. I don't want to be a baby Christian all of my life. Then let me just say this. And only, I think only growing Christians can really wrap their mind around this. And let me just say it. God, when it comes to God's purpose and plan for our life, God does not need our permission. He doesn't. God doesn't need our permission. And God doesn't need our approval. Can I just say this? Listen, if, you're, if you want to just go for maturity in your walking relationship with God, then you would come to an understanding, fundamental understanding, that God doesn't even owe you an explanation. Oh, yes, he does. He owes me an explanation. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Sometimes he'll provide an explanation, but sometimes he doesn't. But this is what he knows. He not only has a boundless perspective and a better plan for your life, he's got a greater purpose for your life. He really does. Can I just take that a step further? Even behind every problem in our life, in your life, in my life, even behind the problems that you and I will occasionally deal with, even behind those, God has a purpose. And you're like, wow, he does? Now, sometimes, let me just say this, and I don't have time to elaborate, but I'll just uh, give this to you, and then I'll show you a couple of verses that will substantiate it. It may be that um, it's an earthly purpose. In fact, there's going to be an earthly outcome. But other times, it's going to be an eternal purpose. In other words, the net result of it is not even going to be known, felt, and experienced here on earth. You're, you're, not, you're not even going to realize the purpose of it until you get to heaven one day. See, some of us, we've got questions that we may not have answered this side of heaven. Can you handle that? Can you? Questions that we may not get a clear answer. Again, the answer is always yes or, or, or slow or no. 
But the fact of the matter is, there's going to be some things that our, our question may not be fully satisf uh, satisfied until we get to heaven. And then once we get to heaven, we're going to be like, now it made sense to me. Now I understand why. I couldn't see it then when I was on earth, but now that I'm in heaven, I can see it now. Look at these verses. This is Paul in 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to mention him in just a moment. But this is what he says. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't lose heart. We may not understand everything, but we don't lose heart. Though outwardly, we're wasting away, yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, what we're going through, how many of you have ever had some troubles here on earth? Let me see your hand. Okay. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, an eternal glory. Some things will not make complete sense until we get to heaven that far outweighs them all. Look at the next part right here. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not what is seen. We can't see everything. We don't understand everything. But we fix our sight on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is what? Say it with me, is eternal. What we can't see is eternal. And sometimes God in his greater purpose for our life, the expression of that purpose is going to be realized here and now on earth. But sometimes there's going to be some things that you and I will not fully comprehend that God had our best interest in mind till we get to heaven. It's going to be like, I understand it now. This makes sense to me now. Again, talking about um, growing and maturing as a Christian. This is how you can know that you're growing and maturing as a Christian. You want to know how? I'll give it to you right here. How are you handling the no's in your life? How are you handling the no's in your life? That's how you know if you're growing. If you become so angry and frustrated and mad at God every time you feel like you get a no answer, how are you handling the no's in your answer, uh, in your life? Now, how many of you by, by now, you know that I've got uh, four grandbabies? How many of you know that? If you've been here more than 10 minutes, you probably know I have four grandbabies. And, uh, you know, uh, Kenley, Kenley is the oldest. Uh, Kenley was actually born in Landry, too, while they were living here in Florida before their company that I used to like that I no longer like, and I can't even stand because they transferred them to Illinois, uh, you know, not being negative against Illinois, but the company moved my grandbabies. I didn't like that. But Kenley and Landry were born here. Kenley is seven now, and that's hard to believe. And uh, then Kenley uh, has a sister who's five, and she's got a brother who's three, and now she's got another sister who is uh, like three months. And by the way, uh, her name is Paisley, and I'll dedicate her right here in two weeks when they come down. And by the way, when their parents go back, I plan on keeping the kids. Please don't tell them, the grandbabies, when they go back. I've got to give them four baby dolls and, you know, to take on the plane, and they're not going to know the difference. But Kenley, because she's seven, even though she's seven, she can process a no even easier than Brody, who Brody has a hard time understanding what no is. You can say no to Kenley about something. And let me just on the record say, I don't say no to them. That's a job for their parents. To be clear, I am a yes, Paw. I'm a yes, Paw. 
So they're like, Dad, I mean, I've had them say that. Dad, get on to them. Tell them. No, you do that. I'm, I'm Papa. I'm a yes, Papa. I'm all about love. I punished you guys. I corrected you guys. I'm not doing that. Listen, in fact, this is how I feel about it. God blessed me with the, these four grandkids to make up for the tough time I had with you three kids. How many of you grandparents know what that's like? This is God's reward for putting up with you. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yes, Papa. But if you were to say no to Kenley and explain it to her a little bit, she could better handle a no than Brody that cannot at all comprehend a no. You can explain it. He doesn't get it. And that's how you know uh, you're growing as a Christian is how do you handle the no's in your life? Can I ask you a question? You ready for this? Do you give your kids everything your kids want? Do you? Absolutely not. I hope you don't. That'd be one of the worst things that we could do. Now, we want to say yes as much as possible to our kids, and we want to, you know, we want to do that. We want to, but we don't give them everything that they need. Now, Brody, Brody, and some of you have heard me say this before, Brody is the child that Brent deserved. He, he, he did not deserve Ken, Ken Langer. They're way too sweet. So God blessed him finally with Brody, the, the boy, the kid that he deserves. And, and Brody, like yesterday, I'm FaceTiming, uh, or no, I'm not FaceTiming at that point. I'm talking to them on the phone. I'm on speakerphone. Uh, Brody's in the back seat of Brent's truck, and I know he hears me, and I said, Brody, Papa loves you. Papa loves you. Now, Brody always wants to hold the phone, and I'd love to tell you it's so that he can talk to his Papa, but he has other reasons. He wants to just watch whatever's on the phone. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I said, and this is how he responds to this. I said, Brent's holding the phone. I said, Brody, Papa loves you. And he says back, uh, Daddy, Papa said that you need to give me your phone. I didn't say that at all. I said, Brody, Papa loves you. He says, Daddy, Papa said you need to give me your phone. Now, Brent is saying, because they're going to be coming in like nine days, I'm really, really excited about that. Brent has already said, because this is the child that he deserves, he's already said, I'm just telling you, Dad, he, he put every, y'all need to put everything of value up high. And I'm not, I've seen this kid climb. It doesn't matter. I could put it on top of the ceiling fans, and he's going to figure out a way to get to it. That's just the way he is. They can hide stuff and make things that are unsafe. The other, the other day, there's a box that came, UPS or Amazon or what. I, I don't know what came. But they keep things away from them that could be uh, unsafe. Brody, they still to this day don't know how that he got his hands on it, but they find him standing over the box with a sharp knife. He's three years old trying to open the box. And they're like, where did you get that? And nobody can figure out where he got the knife. And uh, God is even saying, where did he get the knife? Because there's no way he should have had access. Now, if he didn't have the knife and he didn't find it wherever he found it, maybe he carries it in his sock. I don't know. This kid is off the chain. Uh, you know, uh, if he had walked up to his mom and dad and said, hey, there's a box over here. It could be for me. I'm not sure. It could be for one of my three sisters. It could be for you. But I want to open it. Mom and dad, would you give me a sharp knife so I can see? How many of you know that any reasonable parent would not give a three-year-old a sharp knife? Sometimes we say to God, give me a sharp knife. And God says, no, I'm not going to do it. 
because I love you too much. I'm not going to do it. I want to change lanes for the remainder of our time because I want to share with you two things to remember when God says no. See, we don't have a problem when God says yes, do we? We never have a problem. God says this is the right thing and it's the right time. My answer is yes. And we're like, yay, God, that's what I was hoping for. And we can handle that, right? Even at times when God says, wait, we're like, "Mm, but God, I don't do good at waiting. That's why I've got a microwave. That's why I got three of them. That's why I I count up everybody's stuff in their card at the grocery store because if they have 11 and it says 10 or less, I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to tell them it's 11 because, and that's why if the drive-thru's too long, I go to the net. And, but even at that, you know, if it's not a no, but it's a slow It's the right thing, maybe, but it's not the right time. We can even handle that. But it's when God says no. That's when it's tough. And that's when we need to remember these two things, and I want to give them to you in the balance of our time. Are you ready? We need to always remember that everything God does, be sure you get this, everything, everything, everything God does, he does out of love. Everything he does, he does out of love. You have to hear this, friends. God is always, always working for the good in your life, not the bad. And some of you, you just need to hear that today because you're like, feel like God is opposing me on every side and I want to do this and God's blocking my way and God's saying, oh, no, 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 no. Listen, God is always working for the good in your life, not the bad. Now, let me tell you, there is somebody that's always working for the bad in your life and that's the devil and that's Satan. And can I just tell you, uh, as, uh, as not, now, uh, his hatred for you cannot reach the zenith potential of God's love for you. It's not going to be, his hatred for you can't match God's love for you. But the way that God loves you, the enemy hates you. And you know primarily why he hates you? He hates you because you're a son or daughter of God. He hates you. In fact, uh, Jesus gave us a glimpse into what is the enemy's plan for our life when he says in John chapter 10, I'll tell you what the devil wants to do. He wants to steal He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to destroy everything that is good in your life. He wants to destroy you. He wants to rob you of the good that I actually want to bring into your life. So God is saying, I'm working for the good in your life. Jesus said the enemy is working for the evil one. But isn't that ironic? I want you to think about this. I've seen this so many times as a pastor. This is so ironic that in those occasions When God has to, because he loves us, tells us no, the enemy comes right in on the heels of that with his twisted commentary on why God is saying no. He gets into it. He hates us. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And God says no, because he loves us. And the enemy comes in and says, you know what? God doesn't answer prayer anymore. And even if he did, he's not going to answer your prayer. Look at all you've done. Look at who you are. Look at how many times you felt God. Look at how many times you said you wouldn't and you did and you wouldn't and you did. And look at all the mistakes in your life. Look at your habits. Look at all the things, your addictions. Even if God answered prayer, he's not going to answer. And he gets in the enemy who's against you. God is for you, but he gets in and he's against you. And he begins to accuse God before you. And then he accuses you before God. And he just says, God doesn't answer prayer, especially yours. Or he says something like this. When God loves us enough to say no, the enemy will come along and he'll whisper, God doesn't care about you. If God cared about you, he'd, he'd do this for you. Or God's mad at you. Or God doesn't love you. And he just comes in. If he loved you, he'd say yes. Now here's the truth. Here's the truth. 
And it goes back to something I said just moments ago, and you've got to hear this. Please hear this. God loves you way too much to say yes to all your prayers. Can I say that again? You're getting quiet on me again. In fact, I'll finish earlier if you speak back to me a little bit. Will you? Is that going to liven you up a little bit? All right. God loves you way too much to say yes to all your prayers. He does. Because, again, he has this boundless perspective. He has this better plan. He has a greater purpose. Look at Psalm 25 and verse 10. I love this verse. Look at it with me up here on the screen. All the ways of the Lord, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. So this is what we need to remember in those times when God has to say no. We have to remember that everything God does, he does out of love. Let me give you a second one, all right? Be sure you get it. I'll mention it a couple of times because it's a mouthful. Whenever God has to say no, he will give us the grace necessary to handle it. Whenever God says no, he will always give us the grace necessary to handle it. I mentioned to you, I'd come back uh, to Paul, this great church leader in the New Testament. There was a certain season in his life, and I'm not going to dive into it because I want to wrap up, but there's a certain time in his life when he's having to deal with this nagging problem, negative pain in his life, and he's completely transparent about it. In fact, those of you that know Paul's story, you know that uh, this season in his life, when he's dealing with this issue that he's talking to God about and not seemingly getting an answer, at least he feels initially, it's, it's like, hey, I'm going through this time in my life, and he actually puts a phrase to it. He refers, starts referring to, it, uh, referring to it as a thorn in the flesh. He said, this, this is a thorn in the flesh. How many of you know that phrase is still being used today? Do you still hear, you know, that's a thorn in, the, uh, in my flesh? Or sometimes it gets even more personal, and they're like, they are a thorn in my flesh. Well, Paul didn't say that. He said, this has become a thorn in my flesh. And, and he, he asked the Lord once, and then he asked him twice. And he asked him three times. If I could sing, I would say, three times, lady. But that's, uh, that's a whole. I'm sorry, that's just so weak, so lame. But he asked once, and then he asked twice, and then he asked three times for it to be removed. And if you didn't know what I was just, that's a song, whole nother story. Forget it, erase that from the tape. Can you strike that? And God's response, he asked once and then again and again, and God's response is, Paul, not yet, not yet. I'm not gonna take it from you just Yet. I want you to look at these last few verses. This is 2 Corinthians 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Look at this next part. But he said to me, oh, this is so good, so good. My grace is sufficient for you. And then look at the rest of it. For my powers made perfect in your weakness. Bible scholars have speculated for centuries what this thorn in the flesh might have been. And I'm not here to be able to provide an answer for you. I have my own thoughts concerning it. I fall in line. I speculate because Paul never tells us what his thorn in the flesh is. But we know that he had some challenges with his health. We know that he had a serious issue with his vision, with his eyesight. He initially penned his own letters. You can check this out. He had to write his own letters. Uh, then he reaches a point where he actually has to have somebody. He sort of dictates the letters, and he says, hey, so-and-so wrote this for me because maybe he lost clarity to be able to see, even see what he was writing. It may have not been health-related at all. We know that it came under a tremendous amount of persecution. You know, it's like everywhere I go, I'm persecuted. Could it have been that? We really don't know. 
But this is what we do know. When God said, not yet, he then followed it up by saying, but this is what, what I want you to know, Paul. My grace is sufficient. There's going to be, Paul, I know you don't fully get it now, and I know you don't see everything now, and you, you may not understand it until you get to heaven. But during this time, when you have questions, there's going to be a super abundance of grace that's going to be available for you. And I might add, God would say, I'm about to show up with my power in the middle of your problem. If you've got a problem, can I just tell you that? Join the crowd. But it's also an opportunity to God, for God to show up with his power in the middle of your problem. So how are you going to respond? How am I going to respond? Well, we've got options. We do. I mentioned earlier that God has alternatives. It's because he's uh, without limits and without restrictions. Well, that's not who we are, but we've got choices. And our choice could be, well, you know what I'm going to do? If I'm not getting the answer from God that I want, here's what I'll do. I'll resist God. And we can do that. We can resist God. We can get mad at God. We can fight back. We can curse God. We can say, God, it's going to be my way or no way. And if you don't do it my way in the way that I planned it out, then forget you, God. We can do that. We can resist God. I don't recommend it, but we can do it. We can resist God or we can resent God. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And we feel like we're the only person on earth that's going through a challenge. This is so unfair. This doesn't even make sense. God, I thought you loved me. And God, if you love me, you'd do this. And, and God, if we could hear him in that moment, he'd be saying, it's because I love you that I'm not doing that because I see. So we can resist him. We can resent him. Or we can relax. And even rejoice in him because this is what we know as we talked about today. God has a boundless perspective and he sees things that you and I can't see. And he's got a much better plan. But God, I've, I've, I've thought about this. I've drawn it all up and this is my plan. And God says, I, all right, but my plan is better because my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And by the way, I've got a great purpose for your life. And some of that you're going to realize while you're on earth, some of it's only going to make sense when you get to heaven. But God says, I love you, and I'm here for you. And even when you don't understand, and even when you're walking through a tough time, and you don't feel like you have all the answers, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is about to be manifested in the middle of your problem. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you love us outrageously. Thank you that you love us unconditionally. Thank you that even when we have challenges in our life, that your grace is always going to be sufficient. Your power will always be enough. And I know that there are people right now, God, right now, they're just walking through something in their life, and it's like, I just need to know. I just need to know what is God's answer. And God, we know that there are those times. It's everything about what we're asking is right. Even the timing is precisely right. And you just say, yes, 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 100% right now, 100% yes, right now. Sometimes you tell us to wait, to go slow, that it's the right thing, but it's not the right time, and you'll reveal the right time. And sometimes, God, because you love us, you love us even more than we could love our kids, even more than we could love our grandkids, even more than we could love our spouses, even more than we could love our friends. 
You just say, I know what's best, and I love you too much to answer this the way that you want it. God, we know that you've got a good plan for our life, and we love you, and we praise you. You're a God that deserves all the worship, and you deserve all the honor, and you deserve all the praise. Can we stand together? Mark and the team is going to lead us in a portion of a song, and then he'll dismiss us. If you'll hang in here with us for the next couple of minutes, and let's worship God. And then if you're new, I'll meet you out of the big blue tent. God bless you, everybody.